Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, it's already March the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips as we use the supreme, you heard me, the supreme law of the land to restore the republic. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And welcome to the broadcast. You know, this show is unique in the industry. A lot of shows are three hours a day, five days a week. We did that for a long time. You know, we've been on the radio for 26 plus years. But you know what? For a long time, we did a three-hour show Monday through Friday. And then I got thinking, man, there's too much news. Got to do more. Got to do a four-hour show, man. And then I got thinking to myself, that is insane. No one can listen to four hours on the radio. And even if you could listen that much, who wants to listen to only one host that long, right? And so I decided that's insane. Instead of doing a three-hour show, I dropped it back to a two-hour show. But I added Saturdays. And so that, you know, decreased the time from 15 hours a week to 12 hours a week. But what it did is it added another day. So six days a week we'd bring to you news the networks refuse to use. So it's a little less time on the air, but yet it's around the clock a lot more because six days instead of five. Uh, We do take a break on the Sabbath, as the good Lord asks us to do. Uh, But I bring this all up to say that we have less breaks, less commercials than anybody in the industry by far. And we have news at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. I know that's mainstream news and it's not perfect. But you know what? It's great news compared to the mainstream. You know, it's not super liberal. Uh, Both organizations have Christian viewpoints. Uh, They're more mainstream news than I would like. But you know what they do for us? They give us time for every talk show to go ahead and get the guests on. to, To call if somebody's not available. To go to the restroom. To do things that just normal people have to do to coordinate radio shows so it gives us time to do that the other thing that the top and the bottom of the hour news does is let us kind of keep an eye on the enemy a little bit because it is a lot more mainstream i don't think the people who deliver it to us are the enemy i just think that the the main news that that you know runs out of the main stream sources is just not very helpful news for the most part but it is great to keep an eye on them and know what they're talking about and know what they're doing because when they bring up stories we can always grab that same story that same topic that same item of interest and make sure we put a constitutional perspective right we bring the scholarly research of the founding fathers forward to our day to apply it to modern day stories and and issues that you know what you get the liberal slant you get the socialist the communist slant you get the mainstream slant and then you get us to focus on it in a way that that in my opinion brings relevancy to you and to your lives Um, the last thing that the top and the bottom of the hour news does for us is if something's late breaking We've got the story. We've got the news. You see, if an earthquake happens and these big news gathering organizations that are watching it 24-7, then they report on it on the bottom of the hour. Hey, we've got it on your radio. That's why this radio network is called Liberty News Radio. 
of course, LovingLiberty.net, right alongside there, our national syndicator. But all I'm telling you is that, look, it's news the networks refuse to use, big time. We've got it all. News, wall-to-wall coverage and commentary on incredible stories, right? Anyway, I don't mean to digress. I want you to understand who we are, though, and what we do. We're very, very unique in the industry. And I know a lot of people would say, Sam, why don't you just build your own news service, buddy? Hey, we tried that. Myself and my dear friend Joel Skousen, worldaffairsbrief.com, did that very thing. And then we lost our funder. And then the person who was doing the news for us passed away. My dear friend, the late Will Grigg, incredible writer, incredible commentator, just a, just a hero of a guy. Uh, and for those of you who want to say I'm a racist, Will was black. Don't care. He was one of the best news reporters ever in modern day. In other words, somebody that I knew, incredible gentleman, one of my dear friends, somebody who I loved and appreciated greatly for his brilliance, his knowledge, his, uh, I mean, the guy was just fantastic. Anyway, I'm so sorry we lost Will. My whole point, though, is then, hey, we lost our funder. We lost our main news guy. We could build another news network, but you know how much money it's going to cost to create a news network to do 24-7 news around the clock? Yeah, top and bottom of the hour news or even bottom of the hour news, whatever, you know, five, eight hours, or I'm sorry, five, eight minutes of news per hour around, you know, just less than 10 minutes of news per hour. Hey, to do that around the clock, even if you don't do it 24-7, you leave the nights, say, midnight. Hold on a second. Alexa, would you stop? I don't know how she got in the mix, but there you have it, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, I digress except to say to do that, you know, it would take probably $250,000 a year to get done. $300,000 a year. You say, Sam, really that much money? Well, yeah, because how many news reporters do you have to have and how much do you have to pay them? Let's say that you have, uh, uh, what, five news reporters? Let's say you have four news reporters and they each take a six-hour stint. Well, you can go ahead and do that. Just say four news reporters that take a six-hour stint. Let's say that you don't use the six hours in the middle of the night. You know, you can skip a few hours. Uh, that's fine. So you got four guys. But if somebody's sick, now you've only got three guys that have to work more, right? Well, how much are you going to pay four guys? 50 grand a year? Well, Sam, it's not a full-time job. Okay, thirty grand a year? Let's say you pay them half-time and they're worth $60,000 a year. Half-time for four guys is hundred and twenty grand alone. Right? Now, you got to have the overhead. you got to have the servers. you got to have the infrastructure. you got to have the satellite feeder, a way to distribute your news, FTP sites or whatever <laughs> else. Okay? It's a big road to hoe. Anyway, I digress except to tell you that, hey, so I'm all about building a news network. I'm all about building uh, talk shows and doing these things. And I spend my own money a plenty on it. That's for sure. I spend more money in radio overall than I make. But I will tell you this. We need a news network, written and radio. But now to do a written side, to flesh out stories, to vet stories, to do the journalism... You know, now you've exploded this to probably take a million dollars a year. Hey, I struggle to get people to put in five bucks, man. I'm just telling you. Wow. So there it is. I know I digress, and I know a lot of your listeners that are listening continually uh, are familiar with a lot that I speak of. But I really wanted to highlight that because I want people to understand the top and the bottom of the hour news are my friends. 
because they provide stability, they provide late-breaking information, and we've found two of the best networks that we can find. They're not perfect by any means, but they're very good. Let me give you some quick examples. Salem Radio News is who we take at the top of the hour. Why? Because they have the least onerous barter agreement, the least onerous barter agreement. What do I mean by that? When we run the news, we get it for free. They let us run the news, and we then run a radio commercial for them that's included in the news. So that's five minutes of news, one minute of commercial, four minutes of news, right? We run their commercial, and then they sell the commercial, and they get paid. We um, benefit because we get the news, but we broaden their distribution, making their commercials worth more. So it's called a barter. And I know the folks over at the uh, Southern Poverty Lost All Credibility Law Center, uh, I know those folks say that I allege or I suggest or I claim or I this or that, that that's how it works. But you just go find out and study the industry. Anybody who knows what they're talking about will tell you that's factual, not a debate, not a claim. It's real. So anyway, we take their news. Well, Salem, remember, they're the ones that backed 2,000 mules. And they're the ones that are, for the most part, a Christian organization. And they're also the ones that their hosts reviewed the evidence of 2,000 mules and doubled down in defense of it, saying, hey, this is beyond probable cause. We need answers here. So Salem's far from perfect, and they're plenty mainstream. I get it. But they're way better than CNN and Fox, who wimped out. Now you find out all these Fox News organization uh, personnel on the air talked about election integrity problems because they knew that would bring ratings. Uh, but they didn't believe it themselves. They weren't honorable to it. Behind the scenes, they had different opinions. And now court's proving all that to be the case. So Salem, way better than Fox. Uh, so you got to then say, all right, out of all the groups, how many news services can you get? Fox News, CNN, NPR, Salem. You know, there's very few choices. So we use Salem at the top of the hour. We use USA Radio Networks at the bottom of the hour because they're similar. They're a Christian organization. They have Christian origins, and they're, again, and why do we use two different news services? Because they cover different stories, that's why. Because they have different viewpoints on stories, and our goal isn't just to take one source. So the bottom line is we get five minutes at the top of the hour, three minutes at the bottom of the hour. That's eight minutes of, of uh, news coverage, if you will. But it's only two minutes of news at the bottom of the hour and four minutes of news at the top of the hour. The other two are bartered commercials. So in other words, we really get six minutes of solid news and two minutes of commercials. 25% of the time out of the eight minutes is used to pay for the service, if you will, on barter. Anyway, I wanted you to know how that works. I also want to challenge any of you out there who want to be critical of us taking news. What will we put in place of the news? If we don't take the news, then we've just got to run something for five minutes at the top of every hour and find something for three minutes at the bottom of the hour or change our clock. But you've got to have breaks to run proper radio. You've got to. And so I challenge anyone to come up with a better solution that solves all the things I have hitherto mentioned, brings to the table value, as I've mentioned. Most importantly, though, that doesn't get stale or old. And if you can find a better 24 seven news service let me know this is liberty roundtable live you know where the solution can be found mr president in churches in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson now with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we cannot win, Sam. Without God, we cannot lose. Battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. All right. Welcome to the broadcast. There's so much to discuss. <laughs> Uh, do you want to sound off a little bit on the points that I'm making? It's, it's about news. People criticize us all the time for the news we have on the network, saying Sam is just too mainstream. It's, it's like the enemy news, you know? What do you say? Yeah, well, whenever conservative news ever gets to the point where it uh, it becomes successful, they have ways and means of suppressing it. So you get what you get and you don't throw a fit is kind of the attitude. But you still get the information. You know, people criticize me sometimes for listening to NPR. And I tell them, well, I'm paying for it. I might as well get some benefit from it. But, you know, a lot of times they report a lot of accurate information. All right. Chris dropped off and is breaking up there. No, no, no good cell phone connectivity. We'll work on getting Chris back. In the meantime, I just wanted that news information to be out there. And I want to really offer to anybody, if you have a solution for us that makes sense, call me. And I've heard other radio networks, and I'm not trying to be critical of them, but they, they start at zero, zero, and they you know, take longer breaks or more commercial breaks. Do you want to hear more commercials? You know, I can just run commercials. Uh, there's other networks that have played music at the top of the hour from, like, Dear Patriot Friends, uh, like Steve Voss and Jordan Page and others like that. That's a good idea. The problem is that, you know what, the content just gets old. The other problem with it is that if uh, there's ever any late breaking news or whatever that, you know, and you don't have a live host 
or you the host isn't caught up on the news because he's trying to do his show or the host has a guest or anything like that, then you're not getting that late-breaking information either at all. See, but if I've got a guest that I don't want to rebook because something breaks uh, and I still need to go to the restroom or connect with the guest, or then that news runs and instantly you're still you're updated on those stories instantly, right? So there's so much to be said for what we're doing and the way we've got the format. Uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing when you think about it. But if somebody can find a better 24-7 news network. Now, I've even tried to go to, like, the Family Research Council or uh, the American Family Association or some of those guys that do a lot of radio. Um, there used to be a group called IRN we used to go to that had news. Uh, but really, there's no news services that are better, that are consistent, that we can count on. Because remember, the last thing is they've got to be willing to cooperate with us, right? They can't charge us a bunch of money for the news or we can't afford it, right? <laughs> so uh, all I'm telling you is it's a complicated dilemma, Chris. Yeah. I don't know how much of uh, my commentary you caught before I got cut off, Sam, but, uh, you know, the information is there. Basically, you were 90- saying, that, hey, beggars, your summary was beggars can't be choosers. You know what? Those who... Right. You got to understand right. that we're just doing the best we can, and that that's the way it is. And I, and I agree with your point. It, Go ahead. Yeah, it is a money making industry, and, and you have to treat it as such. I mean, if the, sometimes the, the the truth is just not financially feasible, unfortunately. And I was just commenting about sometimes I actually tune into NPR as blasphemous as that may sound. I do. And I do it a lot of times for opposition research, and I do it a lot of times because they are ninety nine. Point nine percent accurate. It's just that one percent of that rat poison that kills you. <laughs> you know the conclusion. Yeah, and remember so about NPR too. Remember about NPR too. They may be liberal in their viewpoints, but they're a lot less partisan than a lot of the groups too. And they and even though I'm not for government radio, their government commission um, demands they be a little bit more um, or a little less, I should yep. say, a little more fair, a little less um, partisan. So, yes, they're liberals all get out, don't get me wrong, but they are a little less partisan uh, than others uh, as well. Even NPR a lot of times gets it more right than Fox does, for instance. Yeah, yeah, well, it it depends. Yeah, like you said, uh, a broken clock is accurate twice a day at least, (laughs) sometimes even more uh, with NPR. But, um, yeah, there definitely is some bias there. But, you know, I've I've developed an ability to decipher bias. So I, I can derive I can derive a great deal of information from outlets like NPR or any other source, Fox for that matter, or even Senate, CNN. Um, sometimes they are forced to, to tell the truth on issues because it's just impossible to hide. And um, you know you just you, you got to be a good decipher, a good uh, perceiver of, of reality, and be able to distinguish the two. Let me give you kind of a point or an example to the point you're making about you can kind of detect their bias. If I go to CNN.com right now, I just type that into my uh, browser, CNN making making news, latest news and video, they say. The the top headline says live updates Ukraine. Training, or I'm sorry, trending Alex Murdoff. Severe turbulence. Billie Eilish. Ohio train, drag shows, podcast, five things. Europe will start charging per entry in 2024. Passport, check, itinerary, check. 
You can live on a cruise ship for 30K a year. All right, now, I can just look at that, and I can instantly start to kind of break that down and say, what are they talking about? The first analysis I would have is 90% of that news is pavlum. It's worthless. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's not neat that you can take $30,000 a year and live on a cruise ship. I'm not saying that's bad, but tell me how that's really news. <laughs> Tell me how that's really, you know what, that man, that just all of a sudden is late breaking. The who, what, when, where, why, how of the story. That's really covered in that, right? So, see, CNN has this agenda. They probably get cruise lines to pay them. And then they tell you, hey, you can live inexpensively on a cruise line. Let's now do uh, an expose on cruise lines and promote cruise lines and whatever. Yeah, you can do it for 30 k but then they'll also lock you down to the cows, come home and kick your butt right off if you got the cocoa, right? So, see, that's what I mean. you got to really look at this and say, what's news and what's not? Um, you know, finding out about the train derailment. Look, it's a horrible event. Okay, but Joe didn't show up. Donald did. Donald took advantage of that opportunity. But at the end of the day, look, if toxic, hazardous materials have been spilled, what the government's responsibility is is to be candid and clear and transparent to the American people. What the government needs to do is honor contracts and make sure that if you did distribute or that hazardous waste in a way that wasn't intended, like spillage, like a breach of, okay, then you've got to have that company come to the table with the fix or the remedy or the solution per the contract. And you've got to do it transparently, right? But see, no one's talking about those things. We're talking about handling out or handing out Trump water and the fact that Joe was remiss and not even there. We're not talking about the solution to the problem, Chris. No, we're not. We're sensationalizing what we're doing, if that's even a word. And that's what people seem to be content with. You know, we've taken sides and we've dug in our heels. And we've decided that, you know, we're going to make a game of this. We're going to make it entertaining for ourselves. Uh, I don't look at it that way, and I know you don't look at that look at it that way, Sam. I take this very serious because this is literally life and death in some circumstances. Those poor people uh, in East Palestine, Ohio, I mean, th- their property value will eventually, you know, if it's if if this contamination is not reversible, their property values could go to near zero because their land may be uninhabitable because of the water table being contaminated with this vinyl chloride crap. And I know a little bit about this. I don't know if you wanted to go off on this angle. We, I actually well, live. I, I, I do. I do. And I'll tell you why, because no one's okay. talking about the details of this. Look, if it's really that hazardous to where people are getting sick everywhere, then you need to be candid and tell people transparently how um, damaging and dangerous it is so they can temporarily leave their homes. You see, and on Liberty Roundtable Live, we talk about how to prepare and stay home, how to prepare if you need to leave your home. Okay, there's ways to deal with this, but to lie to the people and let everybody get sick and avoid responsibility isn't the answer, Chris. See, that's what I'm talking about. CNN doesn't dig into any of this. They're too busy telling me about a cruise ship. Listen, November 1st, 2023, you've got eight months to get your passports, your vaccinations together. Oh, wow. And your working abilities in order. $30,000 a year. You can travel the world for a three-year stint on this incredible ship. Yeah. Yeah, sounds expensive or whatever. Yeah, yeah well, life at sea cruises. 
Life and Sea Cruises is what it's called. You can get on the Gemini for three years, so thirty grand a year per person, so ninety grand for the world tour, my friend. That you can do, Chris. And okay, they're talking about that, and you and I are going. Wait a minute, people are getting sick because they're not being told the truth about the real impact of the crisis created by, I would say, your government in bed with these big corporate railroad interests. And they're all covering it up, and we're talking about Donald Water. When we get back, I want Chris to break this down more uh, because he says he knows a little bit about it. Let's hear it. Let's do it. This is hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use talk radio. And by the way, the bottom of the hour, let's see how relevant the news is, shall we? We'll do it in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. The U.S. and Germany are calling on Russia to end its war against Ukraine. President Biden met with the German chancellor at the White House yesterday to discuss ongoing support for Ukraine. He says Germany is doing its part. You help Ukraine meet its basic needs like food, health, heating. And uh, you continue to give them, put, maintain the pressure on Putin, and uh, it is undercutting his ability to fight this war. Biden says Russia's invasion has pushed countries closer to NATO. Chancellor Olaf Scholz said Moscow is a very dangerous threat to peace and that allies need to stand with Ukraine for as long as necessary. Meanwhile, Attorney General Merrick Garland made an unannounced trip to Ukraine, holding several meetings with President Zelensky and international partners to reaffirm the U.S. commitment to hold Russia accountable. Severe storms across the southern United States are blamed for at least 10 deaths. Many were caused by high winds that collapsed trees and submerged vehicles in floodwaters. More than 14 million people were under high wind warnings yesterday. Over 650,000 homes and businesses in Tennessee and Kentucky are still without power. A new report says weather disasters around the USA are becoming more expensive. Last year, the country experienced 18 weather disasters in which the damage topped $1 billion. This according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. A big part of that big bill, Hurricane Ian, which accounted for nearly $113 billion all by itself. It was by far the costliest disaster of the year. Coming in second, the western and central drought and heat wave at about $22 billion. And it's not just money. Last year, those $18 billion disasters claimed nearly 500 lives. I'm Richard Johnson. Actor Tom Sizemore, who became famous for his roles in films, including Saving Private Ryan, has died at 61 after suffering a brain aneurysm. This is USA News. Non-attorney spokesperson ad sponsored by Open Jar Concepts. Attention veterans and active duty military. If you were issued earplugs between 2002 and 2016 and were diagnosed with hearing loss or ringing in the ears, you may be entitled to compensation. The manufacturer of these military earplugs recently paid $9.1 million to resolve claims that their earplugs were defective, potentially exposing service members to damaging sound levels that could have resulted in hearing loss or tinnitus. If you or a loved one were issued earplugs and were diagnosed with tinnitus or hearing loss, don't wait. You fought for this country. And our attorneys want to fight for you. Call 800-958-2145 now for a free legal consultation and to see if you may be eligible to file a claim. Time restrictions may apply, and you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. So call 800-958-2145 now. Again, 800-958-2145. That's 800-958-2145. 
live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson talking about the spill. What's this thing? It's a uh, very interesting biblical name, too, right, Chris? Yeah, East Palestine. <laughs> it reminds you of Palestine, the, the, the country that Israel took over in 1948 and proceeded to go from village to village, murdering innocent men, women, and children, throwing them in wells and trying to avoid... Uh, the Red Cross, and the Red Cross finally caught up with them and realized that this uh, atrocity, these atrocities were occurring. But even to, today, they have Israel has not been able to eradicate the Palestinians from the state of Palestine, which is a legitimate sovereign state that I think should be recognized by the United Nations. Anyway, that's kind of a sideline, but, that, but we're talking about the United States of America in this case, East Palestine, Ohio. <clears throat> I don't know if there's any relation as far as the name is concerned, but I do, and I don't know a whole lot about the spill. I do know that vinyl chloride is toxic. Obviously, people are getting sick, they're getting headaches, and the problem is that it it contaminates the groundwater. And I have a little bit of personal experience with this because my father, in the 1980s, purchased some property where a train derailment actually occurred. But in this case, it wasn't vinyl chloride that was spilled. It was actually... uh, and, and there may be some of this in, in the case of East Palestine, Ohio, but it was diesel fuel that was spilled uh, into a, a local waterway and as well into the ground. And growing up, I remember pumping water because we would pump. Uh, there there were no uh, utilities where, where my father owned this property. He was completely off the grid. It was really cool. He since uh, uh, sold the land, and he's passed away himself. But there was literally diesel fuel in the groundwater, I and mean, you could go hundreds of yards away from the incident of this train derailment that had occurred uh, approximately 20 years before my father purchased the property, and you could uh, pump water out of the ground, and you would look at it, and you would see an oil slick on the top. Now, if we, we had been wise, we would have filtered our water. We did not, Sam. So maybe we're suffering some irreversible effects from me in my teenage years growing up drinking that water. And there there was an incident, by the way, as I recall, and I didn't do any investigation on this, but it sounds very much that it potentially could be linked to this train derailment. There was a, a baby that I remember right down the river from this derailment who had died in his infancy. And I wonder if maybe that had something to do with the, uh, the groundwater contamination of diesel fuel. So what happens, yeah, so based on the chemistry that I understand, uh, chemicals, and this, this has to do with all chemicals, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, vinyl chloride or diesel fuel or whatever, they will disseminate through, once, once they, they get into the groundwater, they will spread. That's just the nature of chemicals. And uh, they're never going to get this stuff out of the water within our lifetime. And I don't know what the half-life uh, for decomposition for vinyl chloride is. Uh, I could probably do a little research and find out, but it's probably hundreds, if not thousands of years before that's going to decompose. So that land, that property is going to be worthless, you know, within maybe 100, mi- 100 miles, within two or three miles of that trade development. Their property is probably going to be worthless because they're not going to be able to use it for anything. They're probably not going to be able to grow crops on it because of the contamination. They're they're certainly not going to be able to extract water from the ground because that's going to be contaminated. So who knows? There you have it. And I, and I bring this up because, look, 
They know how bad it is. You can literally do tests very quickly on water, Chris. You can do tests very quickly on ground contamination. They can literally write up a report and tell you how dangerous it is to be in that locale, to drink the water, to be in the locale, to, to live on the ground, to breathe the air, to, to do all these things. They can really do their due diligence with the right labs and the right people and the right uh, on-site testing and everything else to give clear, concise, transparent reality check on things. And you know what? I would rather have the government tell me, listen, this place is unsafe. Uh, now, I don't want the government to force me to leave. Uh, but I want the government, or I want, you know, somebody to clearly tell me, hey, and whether it be the government, whether it be the, the uh, railroad group with a third party uh, confirmed lab results, etc. In other words, there's ways to get transparency. Uh, and I want them just to flat out tell me. And if, if my life's in danger in any way, I want that train company or whatever, the railroad that had that spill, to help me not be there. And yes, that's expensive. And you say, well, we can't afford that. Well, at some point they have insurance. At some point it can be afforded. At some point, because there's a risk reward analysis, okay. And 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 if I'm individually expected to do that for my, for example, my motor vehicle insurance, um, then they, okay, these companies have ways, and they need to take care of those who need to leave. And if you have to leave your home for six months, or declare your home destroyed because it's just too toxic for too long, we're going to have to deal with those things. But I don't hear any transparency, any guidance, any clarity about the reality on the ground and what people ought to be doing or should consider what options do they have. Is there anybody that's put together an analysis like that? Because I don't see one, Chris. I just see you can drink Donald water. Well, for how long do you get Donald water? Tell the, you know, how many ever bottles you dropped off are gone? Joe's just absolutely absent, remiss, not even there. Now, I'm not saying that Joe should fix it. I'm not saying it's a federal government issue at all. But I'm making a point. Everybody's looking to non-answer solutions. Aren't I bringing more reality and more accountability, more transparency, uh, more opportunity and solution to the table than anybody you've heard so far with just my little commentary on this? You certainly are, Sam, as usual, and I commend you for doing so. Uh, but you're not going to find much. Uh, they want Donald Trump to be there. <laughs> they don't want Joe Biden. They want everything associated with uh, death and destruction to be associated with conservatism. Um, but I, I don't think there is anything. There, there is no accountability as far as the reversal of the contamination. I think that area is going to be a ghost town for the foreseeable future. I don't think you can clean up a spill. Just like, you know, that, that water after 20 years after that train had derailed and spilled massive amounts of diesel fuel. I mean, you could go hundreds of yards away from from the epicenter of that crash and still pump water out of the ground that had diesel fuel in it. And I suspect that there's probably a lot more vinyl chloride because diesel fuel is uh, confined to just one car on the train, whereas this vinyl chloride was in several uh, tankers on that train. So we probably well, the problem have... Is, the problem is, too, the longer you leave it and don't take real corrective action... And I don't know what action they've taken as part of the problem, but I know this, unless you get quick action fast, over time it gets worse, not better, Chris. Yeah. No, you have to find a way to sequester, if if it's even possible, to sequester the spread of that vinyl chloride in the groundwater. Otherwise, it will literally spread for miles underground, and it will continue to contaminate until it, it reaches 
the point where it diminishes. It's called the the point of diminishing uh, expansion. It's it's a chemical term uh, where it basically just stops. There's no longer right. critical enough mass for it to continue to spread. It has to do with anyway. the density of the contamination. Yeah, it also has to do with the the ground that it's in. In other words, there's a lot of factors about how the soil and how far it can transmit or disperse and all this kind of stuff. Yes, whether there's aqueducts. Yeah, there could be aqueducts that travel for hundreds of miles, in which case then then you have a major problem on your hands. because Well, and I'm afraid that's what they might have, Chris, and that's why they don't want to create the transparency and accountability on this thing. No, um, they they want to just let people get sick as they do. And, and, you know, 20, 30 years later, they'll say, golly, we ought to create some kind of a compensation fund for the sufferers of this uh, disaster. You know, it's kind of like the Chernobyl and some of these other disasters that are massive. And stuff. how do you handle those things? And in my opinion, they handle them by making sure that, look, how well did they vet this chemical uh, what uh, traveling? potential disaster how well do they vet that you know comparing the likelihood versus how much insurance you got to have versus right on down the line how well did they prepare for this and i'm going to say this very clearly this eventuality because you know ladies and gentlemen if you have a vehicle transmitting this kind of stuff you know at some point there will be a breach right okay it's not yeah, when eventually, eventually it will happen eventually moving mm-hmm. vehicles will crash We'll have a problem. We'll collide. We'll whatever the case may be. No matter how careful you are, no matter how you know that eventually it will happen. So how well did we prepare? What kind of insurance do we have in place? What kind of a system do we have set up? What kind of contractual obligations undergird this? Did we do well enough or not? Well, you know what? This transparent analysis, what I would do about this, Chris, would be called a SWOT analysis. Are you familiar with those? I would do a SWOT analysis on the reality here. And I would do a SWOT analysis on now that it has happened. Let me write this down because you got to remember this. Now that it has happened, it will happen again, Chris. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when it does, what's the threat assessment? What's the risk reward analysis? What are the opportunities? What are the, what are the, okay? You got to look at all that stuff. All of it. All right. We're going to come back. We've got a whole lot more to cover. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson. Um, we're going to have Peter the Scoop Stanton join us second hour as well. Long story, he had to take his daughter to sell Girl Scout cookies. Imagine that. All right, hang tight. Liberty Round Table Live. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. 
The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, moving along to hard-hitting news the network refused to use, as always, on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the headline for the Ohio train derailment. My headline says this, Ohio train development, I'm sorry, Ohio train derailment, reality check on the train wreck. Uh, There you have it. Um, I don't know if it's a perfect headline, but uh, look, are people really resolving this in the best way for the people? I mean, all I hear from the mainstream press is, hey, Joe didn't show up. Um, Donald's taking advantage of the situation for political brownie points. Uh, it's toxic there. People are getting sick, don't know what to do. And golly, um, I don't really know. I'm sure there's behind-the-scenes efforts to do something about it, but I don't see a clear, concise answer. If it were me, I'd want somebody I'd, – I'd probably pick up stakes and get out of there for my family and my health's sake, and I may lose money, and it may cost me a lot of money, but I almost would be forced just to leave permanently, Chris, if there's no other solutions in place. Yeah, so the, the further on we get – in this, uh, this crazy world in which we live, Sam, the, the more I realize that we're going to have to get on our knees to find answers. There, there, there will be no answers within our power to solve problems. The only answer, of course, will be to get on our knees and repent and ask Heavenly Father to heal our land. And that is scriptural. I think that's in Isaiah. Um, <clears throat> so, but that, we're, we're not even close to that point. We're, we're in states of denial. We treat politics as sporting events. And we do not turn to our creator for the solutions. And eventually there, there will be nowhere else to turn. And we're going to see, you know, who is and who is not a true Christian at that point. So that, that's all I can say. I concur. Uh, I agree completely. I would also say this, though, folks. You know what? If you expect the government to bail you out and save your life and take care of you all the time when these things occur, it's a sad day. It's not going to happen. And oftentimes the government plays, uh, in, in my opinion, protector to these big corporations, railroads and others, giving them special privilege at the lot of where you don't stand a chance. Your only chance to protect your health and your family is to get the heck out of Dodge when that happens. And that's my point about preparedness is you need to prepare if you're forced to stay home. Uh, there's people in the uh, country now in Southern California in the mountains um, who are stuck because it's 10 feet of snow on the ground, buddy, and they can't even leave their houses. There's also people in the train derailment, you know, the train wreck, reality check. They, in my opinion, should leave. They're forced to leave. Maybe not by force, but by, hey, I wouldn't want to stay there and put my health at risk. I'd get out of Dodge as quick as I could and have my family go somewhere else. I really would. And I would find another place to rent and move somewhere else. And you know what? I'd try to bring peace back in my life. But you can't count on the government. 
And so you've got to prepare if you're forced to leave or prepare if you're forced to stay to the best of your ability. Now, am I all the way prepared? No, I'm not. i got a lot of work to do, too. It's hard. It's expensive. It's difficult. There's a learning curve. It's, it, but you know what? This is what we got to be working on, people. All right? And this is why we say this is Solutions Radio. Who's giving you this comparative in the news right now like we are? The snowstorms forcing folks in Southern California to stay. The train wrecks forcing people to leave. Preparedness is key. Now, I bring that up, and then they say, see, this conspiracy nut thinks there's going to be a catastrophe, and he's telling people to hoard food and get all crazy. And uh, No, I'm not. I'm just telling you reality is, hey, we've got to be reliant upon God. And we need to become self-reliant to the best of our ability. We need to practice provident living. We need to work at this a little bit at a time. But where's the education on this? Where's the support for this? All there is is ridicule. I do that, and they're like, yeah, the guy over there is back crazy. Uh, nutcase, uh, he thinks that the end of the world's coming. Uh, he's a religious fanatic, and he's telling people to pray and prepare. And wow, uh, what a whack. Um, why don't you watch the Super Bowl perversion uh, sex-driven satan fest instead and okay this is what we're talking about all right anyway yesterday we had on dr scott bradley with me we also had on peter stanton who does a show on this radio network called 75 radio and we talked about dueling cpac events and club for growth events are highlighting the divide within the gop trump is the keynote speaker at cpac and pretty much cpac has kind of become the trump fest Ron DeSantis and uh, Mike Pence skipped the event. They went to Club for Growth, a deep state fundraising organization. Neither seemed like the solutions to me. But CPAC 23 was in D.C. Why would they go to D.C. for that? I don't even know. But yet then my question is this. Who's speaking? Why are we only hearing from government insiders? Everybody's speaking is either elected or has been elected or was elected or they're trying to be elected. We're not hearing from the people. When are the bureaucrats and politicians going to sit down and listen to us? Right? The claim is that the conference is the largest and most influential gathering of conservatives in the world. Now, think about that claim. That's a big claim. Well, just so you know, at the height, they've had about 11,000 people that have attended. But uh, I believe they're on the downhill slide. They only had about five to 7,000 people as the best estimates we have so far for CPAC. But 2023 is the beginning of the end of CPAC. Conservatives are looking for a new direction and fresh leadership. And Trump and Schlapp are not it, says Joel Skousen, worldaffairsbrief.com. Chris? Yeah, so Schlapp has been caught up in a, a sex scandal. So, you know, he's a typical uh, political type, you know. They they want to make sure that people are caught up in sex scandals so that they can uh, use it against them if they need to. <laughs> I don't know the details on that. Um, but it is a divided Republican Party, as Joel Skousen points out. Uh, and why you would have two major conservative political events going on at the same time is beyond me. You've got the Club of Growth, as you pointed out, and then CPAC. Um, and then some, some major politicians like Ron DeSantis, like Chris Sununu, like Mike Pence, Tim Scott, they attended the Club for Growth, while Donald Trump uh, is the main participant in CPAP. But a, a lot of other um, political types that are conspicuously absent from CPAP, CPAC, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing that wrong, are Mike Pompeo, who ha has uh, indicated that he might 
announcement uh, vie for the Republican nomination for president, Glenn Youngkin, uh, Republican from Virginia, uh, former governor, uh, or maybe current governor, Kevin McCarthy, was a neither Club for Growth uh, or CPAC. And Rona McDaniels, the uh, Republican National Committee chairwoman, did not show up for either the Club of Growth or for CPAC. So what's going on there, Sam? And, it's, and Joel Skousen points out that it is a divided party. They do have an identity crisis. He quotes the Washington Examiner, uh, where they say the CPAC absences underscore a divide within the Republican Party as the GOP contends with this identity post-Trump crisis trying to hold on to his hardline base while attempting to make overtures to more moderate conservatives and independents. My commentary on that, and that was the Washington Examiner that Joel Skousen quotes in his brief, I say the GOP does have an identity crisis. This is what happens when you tie your hopes to a lesser of two evils strategy. Uh, so conservatives in America are really in a state of confusion. They don't know where to turn. Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it Donald Trump? Is it one of the lesser known uh, candidates that will most likely be vying for uh, the nomination in 2024, like Mike Pence or Tim Scott? But it's all based on this lesser of two evil strategy, Sam, that we've talked about so extensively in the past. You cannot rely on the lesser of two evils. True freedom only comes when you admit that both of the emperors have no clothes. And when I say both of the emperors, I'm talking about both in the Democrat and the Republican Party. And I should probably say all of the emperors in this case, there are none of them who are speaking conservatively, and those who are will never get the airtime to be recognized generally by the general populace. So I say liberate yourself from this, uh, this bird of prey politics. Turn the train around. Speaking of trains, if we want to use that analogy, turn the train completely around. Don't just be content with slowing the speed with which the train is heading toward the cliff because under both scenarios, whether you get Donald Trump, DeSantis, or I talk about the possibility of um, Gover uh, California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom potentially running. But my prediction, if you want my prediction, I predict that, uh, and I know DeSantis, my, uh, DeSantis has not declared his uh, willingness to buy for the Republican nomination for presidency, but I believe that he eventually will. Obviously, he wrote a book. Um, he's done everything but announced that he will be running in 2024. I, I predict he will win, and I predict that he will be worse than Donald Trump, that all of these promises of conservatism and you know changing this, that, and the other, nothing of the sort will occur, and the people will buy it up, hook, line, and sinker, just like they bought Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, so you think 16. Rick DeSantis will run and will be president Ron in 24? Yeah. Ron DeSantis, yep. I mean. That, Sorry. That's Ron my DeSantis. prediction. Yes. Now, a okay. lot of people say, well, and, then, and then Joel says, well, yeah, there's computer, computer fraud. Uh, let me just read what Joel says about DeSantis. The establishment is both supporting DeSantis financially and weakening him and encouraging a host of other rhino Republicans to enter the field and water down his support. We will see whether the establishment really wants DeSantis to win or whether they are supporting him only to discourage Trump. I think they, they and, and you know this as well as I do, Sam, the, the media always sends mixed, mixed messages, so they always have plausible deniability. If he wins, they'll say, well, we didn't want him to win. You know, look, look at how we encouraged uh, all of these other candidates. 
uh, like Mike Pence, Tim Scott, uh, Chris Tanunu, uh, we talked about Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, sorry. Anyway, so they always send mixed messages. So whatever the, uh, the narrative that they want to sell, they can have proof to show that, yeah, we really weren't supporting uh, Ron DeSantis. And if they want to change the uh, narrative to, yeah, we did support uh, DeSantis, they will cite the fact that uh, several very high-profile donors like TikTok investor Jeff Yoss, and he goes into detail about who Jeff Yoss is, is giving millions of dollars to Ron DeSantis. And Ken Griffin, another uh, billionaire supporter, former supporter of Obama, is giving millions of dollars to conservative, so-called conservative Ron DeSantis, that doesn't make any sense. All right, let, me, let me give you let me give you a key to the kingdom. Are you ready? Yes. All that complications, we don't know the answer whether somebody's deep state or not, deep state or not, whether they want them to win or not, really behind the scenes or not. But there's one telltale sign. This is why I call it the keys to the kingdom. If they are promoted through the media to become a household name, and before you didn't really know about them. So unless you lived in Florida a few years ago, nobody knew who Ron DeSantis even was. Okay? Mm-hmm. And most people, even in the state of Florida, don't even know who their governor is. So for the most part, no one knew who Ron DeSantis was at all. Now he's a household name. If they take oh, yeah. a no one, if they take a no one and put them on the national stage and turn them into a household name or a popular figure, it is not by accident. Hmm. It's by design. It's- and it's by design for their agenda, whatever that agenda is with them, okay, to destroy the country mm-hmm. in spite of them, to destroy the company with them, or the country with them, without them, to ridicule them and destroy the country, whatever it is, they are using that person that they have promoted for their destroy America agenda. You can be sure of that, Chris. Absolutely. And people don't see that, although it's the elephant in the room. They need to open their eyes and recognize every mainstream candidate is promoted by the media, whether negatively or positively. It doesn't matter. They're still promoted. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Man, have we got a lot to cover. Los Angeles County scrubs 1.2 million names from their voter rolls thanks to the incredible work of judicial watch the gateway pundit with that piece god bless them all for that and there's the proof that there's election integrity concerns we stand vindicated god save the republic